Well, I'm going to see one of those movies on Wednesday night. I won't tell you which one. In Your Money Today, Carolyn Wright takes a look at how the legal profession can help you protect your wealth. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. Whilst we are, of course, very much focused on your investments on this show, it's not only a financial advisor you might need to talk to to help protect your money for the future. You may also want to consider talking to a lawyer about it too. And that's exactly what I'm going to do today. I'm joined by Lisa Wong, who's a family law partner at Charles Russell Speechley's. Thanks for joining me today, Lisa. Good morning, everyone. So let's kick off with a look at some of the main reasons people might consider engaging a lawyer to help them with preserving their wealth could be to do with uh, changing family circumstances, for example. Yes, preserving wealth is one thing, but, you know, knowing their rights and obligations is also very important. And especially, you know, they have to do things within the legal spectrum. So therefore, I think it's very important for them to have lawyers. For example, you know, if they're thinking about setting up a trust or, you know, they're starting a divorce, they need to know their rights and obligations beforehand so that they can plan ahead. So it's very important that they have a lawyer there to advise them. One of the things that you might consider engaging a lawyer to help you with is a prenuptial agreement. Now, I think when I read about them, I feel like they're something that people only reckon they, they might get if they're super rich. But should more people be considering making one when planning for marriage? Yes, they should, actually, because a prenuptial agreement is a legal document setting out the party's agreement, intention as to you know how they would like their finances to be arranged upon divorce. So they don't have to be super rich uh, as long as they want their finances to be arranged in a certain way upon divorce, then they should have one done. And obviously, you know, a lot of the clients who come to me asking for a prenuptial agreement to be done are those with premarital assets, inheritance that they want to protect. Some of them are actually suggested by their father, by their parents to come to me to do a prenuptial agreement. But to me, I think it's, it's very important for everybody to know about it. And if it is their intention to do the financial arrange, arrangement to be done, uh, according to their wish upon divorce, then they should have one done. Now, is that something that people are, like, are nervous about doing? The idea of putting in place an agreement in case divorce happens, that they see it as maybe not terribly romantic? Well, it, it was. There was this kind of, you know, perception maybe when I first joined the legal profession. But I think in recent years, people are more open-minded. They are actually, you know, they, they will actually talk about it with the other spouse. Of course, you know, there are extreme cases where, you know, they can't agree on anything. And uh, especially for those that, you know, one of the party's parents are the ones that want a prenuptial agreement to be done. But most of the time, you know, people are very amicable and they can actually come up to an agreement that a prenuptial agreement should be done. Let's now look at the other side of, of things. And, and if the worst does happen, if you do find yourself facing divorce and maybe you haven't got a prenuptial agreement in place, what sort of financial disclosures might you be required to make about your wealth of investments? It's got to be a difficult time for a lot of people and, the, and they must be feeling you know, quite delicate. But what, what are the kind of questions they're going to get asked? About financial disclosures? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, the obligations and the duty of the parties to, to the court is full and frank, meaning that, you know, all assets under their names or, you know, are held with joint names with the other 
parties or with their parents or, you know, any assets that they have beneficial interest in, they have to disclose. That's the duty. There's no leeway or anything. And because if they don't do it, potentially it could be a criminal offence. So one aspect that's come up recently is the kind of increase in interest in digital assets. And, and one of the big things about digital assets is, is the idea that they can be kept anonymous. So what have you heard around, around that and people maybe trying to hide digital assets? And of course, what is the position in terms of the law on doing that? Well, okay, let's put it that way. As I mentioned, all assets within, you know, the family will have to be disclosed upon divorce. So digital assets is no difference to other assets. They still have the obligation to disclose them. Now, I think the difficulties that we family lawyer face is how to discover them if they're not disclosed within the divorce proceedings. So we usually look for traces through other financial documents that they've disclosed. Sometimes, you know, clients will come and say, you know, oh, I heard my husband is talking to his friends, they're investing on um, digital assets. And sometimes they might find papers, you know, at home, you know, with really strange codes. And these are some kind of indications that there are digital assets, you know, within the family as part of the matrimonial assets. So we do look for traces through different areas. And sometimes if, for example, if my client's very sure that there's digital assets there and they've not been disclosed by the other party, then we might need to engage an expert, a forensic accountant who's you know, specialised in um, digital assets to do the tracing for us. And there are ways and means that the, the forensic accountants can use to, to find these things, possibly no matter how anonymous you think you might be being. Yes, there are, there are ways that I do not understand, but yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they are also usually very good about asking the right questions in court. You know, what kind of questions we need to ask, for example, you know, the, the wife who's hiding the digital assets. So I think having them very early on in the process is, is an advantage. Now, let's look at relationships where people choose not to take on getting married. You know, lots of people choose to, to mm -hmm. live together, not living under the legal umbrella of marriage. So what should people be mindful about around that scenario? Well, they need to understand that Hong Kong does not have common law marriage. So no matter how long they've lived with each other, it's not considered as a marriage and therefore they are not protected by the matrimonial law in Hong Kong. So if there are any disputes on well, family assets that you know they consider to be within the family, they are not protected as a married couple, meaning that if they go to court, the court will not say, okay, well, let's split it, for example, 50-50. Um, it's not going to happen like that. So if they have uh, disputes, um, say if they have a property together, and is held under, under one of the party's names, they will probably need to go to the civil court um, to have it sorted out. Let's take a look at one other aspect that many people might forget about. They might think, you know, all of us have beautiful views that we might live forever and things like this, but it, it's not going to happen. We, we should all probably be thinking about writing a will, even if you maybe don't think you have that much in the way of assets, I guess. What, what would you say to that? Oh, yes, that's absolutely necessary. I mean, a will is something that you, know, you kind of tell everyone and you put your wishes as to how your wealth should 
should be distributed after your passing. You know, it, it's, it's something that I think is very necessary, especially if you intend to give part of your wealth to somebody who's not protected under the, the law. For example, if, you know, they want to give certain wealth to charities or if they want to, say, give maintenance to their dogs and cats and, you know, that sort of thing, they need to put it in a will. Otherwise, it won't happen as they wish. And in this case, it's a will that would be witnessed by someone like yourself. It's not just a, a bit of paper that you write something down on and you shove in your drawer and you hope that someone finds it afterwards. No, definitely not. <laughs> it, it, should, it should be drafted by a professional lawyer because lawyers know what is going to happen if it's not drafted properly. So, you know, they were trying to avoid any errors or mistakes that might come back to haunt their state. So this is very important that it's drafted by a lawyer and also it should be witnessed by, if it's drafted by a lawyer, usually it will be witnessed by lawyers as well. But basically, it needs to be done properly to, for them to be you know, properly protected. So there's a lot of aspects here that we, we've discussed already about keeping your uh, wealth safe for the future legally. Is there anything that I, I've missed that other people might have missed that, that they, they should be thinking about and, and they could ask a lawyer for help with? Well, I think I've briefly mentioned, for example, before people get married, they will think about prenuptial agreement. Now, this is kind of part of estate planning for them, okay, planning for the future. And I think another good example of estate planning is setting up a trust for the children or for family members, you know, so that, you know, even after your death, they will still be provided for. So this is something that, you know, people should think about, about preserving their wealth and how their wealth should be, you know, distributed, you know, during their lifetime or after, you know, their passing. That's something that, you know, I would advise people to think about. So plenty of aspects to, to look after your, your nearest and dearest, no matter what happens. Thank you so much for joining me today. Lisa Wong, Family Law Partner at Charles Russell Speechleys. Thank you very much.